Welcome to Open Source News. Please like, share, and subscribe and hit the notification bell so you don't miss a thing. Have a blessed day. I wake up every day in a good mood because the first voice I hear 99% of the time is that of my lovely wife. And that is why you just heard her voice as the introduction to this episode. This is the last day of the year 2022. And I want to cover a few people who are not going to be able to say that they made it to 2023. Let's start off with the uh, death, the breaking death at the age of 95 of Pope Benedict XVI. He was the uh, first pope to resign in 600 years after he spent eight years as the head of the Catholic Church. Now, um, he resigned back in February of 2013. That was almost uh, 10 years ago. And um, he had some very interesting and actually, I'm not Catholic, but I think beautiful parting words as he left uh, the Vatican almost 10 years ago. Here's an important flashback. You know, we have seen the final tweet now from the Pope. Of course, the Pope, the first Pope to have a Twitter account. He has now sent out his last tweet. It says, thank you for your love and support. May you always experience the joy that comes from putting Christ at the center of your lives. <laughs> what beautiful words for every Christian of every faith. The joy of a life that puts Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, at the center. What a beautiful parting uh, tweet. So uh, we have those two uh, first individuals that will not be seeing 2023. Uh, 93-year-old Barbara uh, Walters is next. The legendary journalist Barbara Walters has died. She led the way as one of the first female TV journalists, co-anchoring the Today Show in 1961 and moving to become the first woman to anchor an evening newscast in 1976. Barbara Walters was 93 years old. Barbara Walters uh, spent over two decades at ABC News that also confirmed her death. She was the, uh, as you heard there, the first woman, the first woman to co-host a morning and evening newscast. And what's interesting is she's also known um, for starting uh, back in 1997, The View. And I don't want to end on a negative note here, uh, but when she stepped down from the, uh, the View, by the way, Walters won 12 Emmy Awards, 11 of those while at ABC. In 2014, she made her final appearance as co-host of The View, but remained an executive producer of the show and continued to occasionally conduct interviews and specials for the network. I didn't want to appear on another program or climb another mountain, she said during her last appearance on The View. I want instead to sit on a sunny field and admire the very gifted women, and okay, some men too, who will be taking my place. I don't know if you're a Barbara Walters fan or not. I don't think uh, that really matters. I think we can probably uh, agree, if you're on this channel, that there were very few gifted women on The View since she left if there ever were. Okay, folks. Well, people in their 90s uh, dying um, is natural. Okay, that's actually an achievement. I myself, uh, unless uh, they try to Andrew Tate me or something, 
uh, I plan on living. I'm going to live to be to be 94 years old. I've just known that for a long time. I'm going to live to be 94 years old. I hope to be cognizant all those 94 years. Um, but there, there we have it. Uh, on my, on both sides of the, my family, we've had people that have lived a, a long time. So we'll see what happens. But uh, how about this one? Uh, out of my uh, backyard of uh, San Diego. Another producer for ABC 10 News in San Diego uh, passed away last week of undisclosed causes. As you can see here, Erica Gonzalez, one of ABC's talented morning show producers, uh, passed away last week. Now, here's the interesting thing. Uh, The cause of her death has not been disclosed. You can see uh, she's fairly young. She is uh, the mother of a young child. Uh, But what's also interesting is that... uh, Dax Tahera was another ABC producer who died within the last week. You know, all of a sudden. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, also, we have uh, YouTube star Keenan uh, Cahill, who's dead at uh, the age of 27. This picture is of him from about 12 years ago when he started his YouTube channel, and he was 15. He reminds me of me when I was 15. I had that baby look. Which right now, you know, kind of favors me. I mean, I don't know. Some people think I don't look like, uh, you know, my age of uh, closer to 50 than 40. Um, others think I look my age or what have you. But for a long time, I get this from my mother. People uh, miss, I guess, my age by 10 to 15 years. So uh, anyhow, this uh, star, this YouTube star, Keenan Cahill, uh, his last uh, tweet was uh, from December 15th in which uh, he was going in for uh, heart surgery. And that's the last they heard from him. He is has now passed away. Uh, I did uh, mention Andrew Tate. We have an update on Andrew Tate. The British-American internet personality and his brother have reportedly been remanded in custody for 30 days. So I don't know what the reporting is. I'm getting my reporting from, uh, you know, news sources like Breitbart or whatever. So... We reported yes, uh, a couple days ago when he was arrested that it was for trafficking and holding women against their will and violations. I know I, I, it's a stupid word. I wish I could say it, but I, it, it gets me in, in trouble on this uh, platform. Uh, but uh, then it turns out that it was money laundering. Uh, and then we had reported yesterday that Tristan was let go, but uh, Andrew Tate, his brother is Tristan, Andrew Tate was still... Um, under uh, incarcerated. So here's the latest we have that he is uh, reportedly remanded in custody for 30 days by a court in Bucharest yesterday. Following five hours of hearings and three hours of deliberation, a Romanian court has ordered that Andrew and Tristan Tate remain in detention for the next 30 days ahead of a, a potential trial over allegations of trafficking surrounding an online cam girl business, establishing an organized crime network and rape the local newspaper reported. And I, I guess I'll just go ahead and say the word. Uh, prior to the ruling, a tweet was sent out from the account belonging to Andrew Tate, who was unbanned from pla- from the platform by Elon Musk, cryptically saying the Matrix sent their agents. While it appears it was not Mr. Tate who sent the post, the tweet did reference his often catchphrase, the Matrix, which Tate uses to describe political and corporate elites and the slave mindset that he believes many people fall into as a result of uh, legacy and social media brainwashing. Now, um... Very interesting. Uh, here are uh, here's something that uh, Andrew Tate uh, said recently. He's been saying this a lot on podcasts. That first they deplatform you, and then if you don't shut up, they debank you or arrest you. 
And then if that doesn't work, they give you the Jeffrey E. Um, treatment. Uh, listen to this uh, recent podcast in which Andrew Tate said, predicted that this uh, would befall him. It would be ignorant for me to see and not understand. There are people sitting around thinking, how do we make this guy go away? And the answer was cancel me and they failed. So what's answer two? It's, it's a scary realization, but it's the truth. I know this intimately. It's absolutely not only a bottom line fact. It's a fact. And the reason I say this, and I say this to people, and they go, but what can they put you in jail for? And I'm like, how ignorant are you in your ignorance to believe they need a reason? You believe it's fair. You believe I can get a lawyer and prove myself innocent. That's not how it works. They decide you're guilty long before and they find a reason why. Speaking of incarceration, uh, I know that's a weird transition from Andrew Tate over to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., who granted six pardons to close out the year so far. One of the pardons was a domestic abuse survivor convicted of murdering her husband. The other five were on alcohol and drug charges. Gary Davis, uh, Gary Park Davis was convicted of using a telephone for an unlawful cocaine transaction. Edward Lincoln uh, DeCoito III was charged with marijuana trafficking. Vincent Ray Flores pled guilty to using ecstasy and, uh, and consuming alcohol while serving in the military. Charlie uh, Burns Jackson sold whiskey illegally when he was 18. And John Dix Knock III uh, pled guilty to one count of renting and making for use as an owner a place for the purpose of manufacturing marijuana plants. All received uh, pardons from Biden. All I have to say is, when the hell is he going to pardon the January 6th protesters? That's probably not going to happen. While we're talking about crime, pardons, and incarceration, uh, of people in and out and for the matrix. We're going from Andrew Tate to Joseph uh, Biden to Sam Bankman, Freed, FTX, and the Bahamas. Very interesting. So yesterday was reported that the Bahamas is holding $3.5 billion in FTS assets. Uh, right when they declared bankruptcy, they said they went in there. Uh, Bahamian regulators took control of digital assets worth $3.5 billion from FTX's local subsidiary in early November, a day after the cryptocurrency exchange filed for bankruptcy in the U.S. The Securities Commission of the Bahamas took assets from FTX digital markets, citing imminent dissipation of the funds due to risks against the exchange, including hack attacks. Okay, that's what was reported on Thursday. The agency says it will uh, temporarily retain exclusive control of the assets. However, later yesterday... FTX came out and said that the Bahamian, uh, the Bahamas is holding much less of FTX's assets that is more like $296 million rather than the $3.5 billion. The bottom line is, these are a whole bunch of liars and scammers. Who knows who the hell is telling the truth? Oh, and by the way, don't forget that Sam uh, Bankman-Fried, one of the biggest fraudsters in recent uh, years... You know, we can think of all kinds of people that uh, have been in jail uh, for for much smaller amounts. Oh, I don't know, like maybe Martha Stewart. And I'm not saying she shouldn't have been. I'm just saying uh, people have gone to jail for a lot less. He gets to sit in his parents' basement because it's too much pressure for him to be in jail. Or maybe, just maybe, he is so politically connected, it may not behoove the U.S. government to have Sam Bankman freed uh incarcerated the fd's the f 
uh, the feds, Jerome Powell met with then-CEO and founder of FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, in February of this year, nine or ten months ago. This was the same time that the Fed was examining the implementation of a federal digital currency. One of the things we will be covering at length, probably on the BCP report, but maybe on this channel as well, and definitely on BCP Unfiltered. Uh, by the way, if I haven't officially welcomed you, welcome to Open Source News. I am your host. My name is James, uh, the Black uh, Conservative Patriot. Uh, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. This most likely is the last episode of the year. Uh, but if we have breaking news, I might cover it tonight. We're having a low-key uh, New Year's uh, Eve. I know a lot of you guys just get to the news, BCP. I read your comments or whatever. Uh, which I'm fine with criticism. But this is my show. And I like to make it a little bit personable. And no need to be nasty and rude uh, in the comment section. But hey, I'm thick-skinned. I've been a black conservative since I was 18 years old as a freshman on the campus of UC Berkeley. Can't be a snowflake if you're going to be a lifelong black conservative before black conservatives were actually even a thing, just to let you know. Uh, by the way, uh, folks, please like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Uh, do not forget, like I mentioned, that we do have a second channel here on YouTube, a sister channel, which mostly has uh, my uh, oldest, now married, uh, early 20s uh, college, daughter in college junior aunt reporting, uh, the BCP report. Uh, and also, please uh, go and check out our other show. Uh, join our community for free over at therealbcp.com. Uh, for this weekend, uh, this holiday weekend, I have made all the content that I put out in the last month uh, freely available. But make sure you go over to therealbcp.com. I put uh, early, uh, I often put early access to YouTube videos, whether you are a uh, a, 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 a monetary supporter of the program or not. And I have exclusive and non-exclusive content that goes up there all the time. So make sure you check us out. Check me out over at therealbcp.com. Uh, you can also check out the show on bcpextras.com and also uh, at uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And we have a lot of cool things happening this year. We're going to expand and do a lot of things that we wanted to do around COVID. And we've put off the last couple of years that we're going to do in 2023. So we're looking forward to it. One of them is a huge expansion into the uh, the podcast space. So um, one of the things I will be covering, that was uh, what, what was the genesis for me going into that aside about our other programs. In 2023 also is the uh, coming beast system. Uh, we are going to see the central banks pushing their digital currencies, and therefore it's going to be more than just creditworthiness. They're going to start limiting what you can buy, where you can buy, what you can purchase. Uh, it's going to be a very scary system, and you want to set yourself up uh, when that comes. Uh, you can expect to see some central bank digital currencies coming online within the next uh, year to 18 months to two years. Definitely, they want to get this in place before President Trump uh, is running in 2024. And, um, well, I'd like to say that I'm optimistic that he would win. I think he will win. Uh, but if he'll be allowed to uh, actually take office, well, I won't say any more than that. But uh, Sam Bankman-Fried met with uh, with Federal Reserve Chairman Powell on February 1st of this year. And we also know that shortly after that, in June, the Fed announced that they do have a plan to develop a central bank digital currency. Uh, that's probably why Sam Bankman-Fried 
is sitting in his parents' basement while other people are suffering for merely protesting. Speaking of protests, people were protesting very similar to why January 6th protesters were protesting in Brazil. We know that uh, Bolsonaro uh, did an informal video yesterday saying that he's leaving the country. Uh, and this is with the report we have right now. Uh, President Jair Bolsonaro has departed Brazil on an Air Force plane for the USA, where his family already is. There were rumors that his family, his daughter, and his wife were already in the U.S. Uh, that I reported on. Even they said that they may have been in Mar-a-Lago. I don't know the truth of that. Vice President Antonio Hamilton Martins uh, Moral has assumed control of the government and has scheduled a national uh, press conference uh, for today, December 31st. Uh, he is an outspoken supporter of President Bolsonaro and has criticized the Supreme Court's crackdown on pro-democracy protesters. Um, he recently commemorated the defeat of the 1935 uh, communist coup on November 27th when, quote, traitors of the fatherland acted against the state and the Brazilian people, calling it the first stab of the international communist movement against Brazil. It wouldn't be the last. Let them come. They will not pass. Okay, we have pro-Bolsonaro people still uh, outside uh, army barracks protesting the government to do something. And uh, we're seeing uh, lots of tweets here that are suggesting that now that uh, Bolsonaro is safely in the United States, something may happen in the next 48 hours in Brazil. We've had a lot of um, false alerts about something imminent happening in Brazil. We will know in the next 48 hours if this is all big goose egg or if something is going to happen in protest against the Marxist communist takeover of yet another South American country. Speaking of uh, takeovers and uh, Latin America, I'm amusing my own self with these very strange <laughs> uh, transitions and segues from one story to the next. Uh, once again, folks, I appreciate you being here. Happy New Year. Happy belated uh, Merry Christmas. A big hug to all of y'all. I do appreciate you being here. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And make sure that you're still subscribed. It does help us out. All right, this is this is very interesting. I want you to listen to this. Uh, this is an audio clip of a North Carolina State play-by-play. -play, and the announcer is uh, Gary Hahn, who has now been suspended indefinitely. He has been the voice of North Carolina State football and men's basketball uh, since 1991. He has uh, won uh, several awards. Uh, he won North Carolina Sportcaster of the Year in 2011 and in 2020. Uh, but he said this supposedly politically incorrect statement, and now he has been suspended uh, indefinitely for the comments he made during the Duke's Mayo Ball. And this is per the university. This is what he said. One other bowl game involving an ACC team going on. That's the Sun Bowl. And amongst all the illegal aliens down in El Paso, it's UCLA 14 and Pittsburgh 6. That's with 11.15 to go in the second quarter. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, I haven't showed it here, but there are illegal aliens crossing into the poorest U.S. border. They have been flooding into uh, El Paso. There has been pictures of them jumping over and running across the freeway in El Paso and coming out of manholes. So it was a current event uh, reference, a pretty interesting one as well. 
generally you don't talk about illegal immigration uh, during a bowl game play by play announcer doesn't usually do this. Uh, but he was talking about El Paso, and that is happening in El Paso. All right, folks, here is a very interesting tweet with uh, no self-awareness by Joe Biden, where he tweeted out a few great moments from a historic year. I'm excited to see what's next. So him uh, delivering State of the Union address, uh, him having one of the lowest IQ, uh, worst Supreme Court justices uh, on the bench, him sitting in an electric vehicle that's not a Tesla, and then him walking around with um, Kamala Harris. The House Judiciary GOP uh, quickly uh, (laughs) put their spin on it. Uh, Record crime, record inflation, record illegal immigration, historic indeed. So you see, illegal immigration was the segue from my last story to this one. All right, let's get into... um, What's going on with the polls? Uh, Breitbart News is reporting. uh, Voters say GOP should release federal tax returns of Democrats who voted to release Trump's. Now, you probably uh, were, if you're on here, most likely heard my report recently. And many of you answered my questions from my last episode. Should the Republicans retaliate and use this weaponization of releasing tax returns? Well, this is not a Fox News one, but this is from Rasmussen. And Rasmussen said that most voters believe that Republican lawmakers should pursue the release of tax returns of Democrats who voted to release President Donald Trump's uh, tax returns. While the survey found that most, 63%, approve of Democrat members of the House Ways and Means Committee releasing six years of tax returns, most want the same to happen to the Democrats who made that happen. So that's interesting. A lot of people uh, on this uh, poll agreed with the action, and they want that action to be fair across the board. The survey said, and I'm not talking about the family feud, but the Rasmussen survey said, the Republicans will take control of the House of Representatives next year. Should Republicans in Congress release the federal tax returns of the Democrats who voted to release Trump's tax returns? Most 54% said yes, followed by 31% who said no, and 16% who remain unsure. All right, folks, let's get into kind of late in this episode, but this is probably going to be the headline story because this is absolutely crazy. I want you to look at this text message. This is between um, Pelosi's uh, staff, uh, and this was tweeted out by uh, Rogan O'Hanley, also known as DC Drano. Love his account on social media. Nothing to see here. Just a text from Pelosi's staff secretly editing the January 6th security plan and telling the House Sergeant-at-Arms to please act surprised when the final draft was published. Translation, Pelosi's staff was directly weakening the J6 security and didn't want anyone to know. As she had her daughter there filming a, uh, let's say, uh, let's uh, a documentary. In other words, the entire January 6th thing, as I've been saying from day one, was an inside job. It was a entrapment of protesters and it was an attempt to have mass casualties at the Capitol, blame it on Trump, have him impeached and never be able to run for president again. It was a absolute plot, scheme, uh, collusion, conspiracy by Nancy Pelosi and insiders. 
And there you're looking at the uh, the tweet. This is uh, more evidence that the January 6th eruptions were planned in advance by the left. Here is a DC Drano himself talking uh, yesterday with the great Steve Bannon about this. You've actually, and I keep telling people, it ain't a scoop till you treat it like a scoop. You've gotten into this report, and we're going to do more of it at the beginning of next week. But tee up what your analysis of this report that came out on J6, uh, it's, it's got some pretty shocking things about Nancy Pelosi, sir. Yeah, I think this has flown under the radar. I think it's one of the most explosive stories of 2022. Basically, while the January 6th Clown Committee was hogging all the airwaves, Republicans, including Jim Jordan, uh, Troy Nels, and others, were actually conducting a investigation in the background about the January 6th security precautions. By the way, I hope you caught my last episode where Jim Jordan single-handedly stopped ATF from trying to cover up the failed and the absolutely uh, horrific Fast and Furious gun running scheme. Jim Jordan would be my number one guy, probably him and then Matt Gates for Speaker of the House if I had my say. Just in case you missed a report from yesterday, go ahead and watch it. Jim Jordan's the man. And what they found and proved what we all suspected was that Pelosi staffers were purposely lowering security measures via text message and email with the U.S. Capitol Police Board to make it uh, look like the Capitol was secure, but it obviously ended up not being secure. It is massively explosive. Now, this does not take away any of the you know blame from some people that got violent and whatever, but Pelosi was in charge of security. She absolutely failed, and she got caught red-handed. There you go, folks. But of course, we're not supposed to know this. It's all Trump's fault, and they want to keep him from running in 2024 because they know they can't beat him. All right, in 2024, they can't beat him. You can make that statement about previous uh, times that President Trump ran as well. But if I say any more than that, then you know what's going to happen to me. Okay, folks, um, since we're talking about uh, D.C. Drano and D.C. politics and the Capitol, let's talk about Kevin McCarthy. Breitbart reporting that a growing number of Republicans vow to only vote for McCarthy in speaker race. Dozens of Republicans have indicated they plan to vote for House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy for Speaker no matter how drawn out the process becomes, according to letters circulated among Republicans this week. Now, Politico was the first to uh, report these letters that came from Republican Main Street Caucus leaders and a group of Republicans who won districts that President Joe Biden carried in 2020. I'm saying that last sentence uh, with disdain and incredulity. In the Main Street Caucus's letter sent Friday, Representative Dusty Johnson and Vice Chair Stephanie Bice wrote that their more than 70-member caucus had come to a strong consensus that they would vote for McCarthy and that they would not support behind-the-scenes negotiations that reward chaos and do not expediently result in McCarthy's election. Additionally, 15 Republican members and incoming members uh, who won in Biden districts wrote a firm letter to their colleagues on Thursday saying they are not open to any so-called shadow consensus candidate and they would vote for McCarthy regardless of how many votes it takes. 
So remember the process is, or if you don't know the process is, they try to get to see if they have as many votes as they need to get it done in the first one. If not, politics is done and they come back for another vote and another vote until they have a speaker. Now we know the five Republicans, uh, Andy Biggs, Matt Gates, Ralph Norman, uh, Matt Rosendale, and Bob Good have publicly signaled that they plan to oppose McCarthy and uh, many more have also expressed hesitation. Here's where it gets really, really interesting. President Trump is backing McCarthy for speaker. Now, here is some breaking news. McCarthy is caving in um, to conservatives because he really wants the speakership votes. CNN reported that McCarthy has pledged to reduce um, the threshold required to oust a sitting speaker. He had previously made a red line in his negotiation with House conservatives vowing to never give in. Uh, But, you know, McCarthy really wants to be Speaker of the House. So present rules within the Republican caucus state that the majority support from members is required to force a floor vote to to remove the Speaker. McCarthy is looking to shrink that threshold, according to CNN and CNN, to as low as five votes. House Republicans will welcome 222 members of Congress in a few days, so McCarthy is offering to reduce the threshold for ouster for, by over 99%. Uh, Cullen Leinbarger over at uh, Gateway Pundit put it very succinctly. Talk about desperation. Okay, so here are the, t- the key details. McCarthy has been trying to find a compromise threshold that would appease his critics enough to earn their speaker vote while still being palatable to the rest of the House GOP and has been sounding out all corners of the conference in private phone calls this week. One of the lawmakers that one of the numbers that came up in recent conversations between McCarthy and the GOP lawmakers, which has not been previously reported, is a five-person threshold. Wow. A five-person threshold, however, may be too low for the moderate wing of the party. All we can see here is that uh this is a huge cave-in, if true, by McCarthy to the conservatives who want to hold accountable. Pretty much he's saying, hey, give me a chance. And if not, five of you can voice opinion and start the ousting process. This may be a good thing, folks, that the true conservatives will control McCarthy and not the, rhino, not the rhinos and moderates. Perhaps President Trump knew something like this was in the works. And perhaps President Trump wants McCarthy to be there because he knows the MAGA folks will be able to uh, to, to somewhat control him. It'll be interesting to see what happens. All right, folks, let's call that an episode. Is this the last episode of the year? I don't know, but I suspect it might be. But I don't want to say that because what if I do put another episode up and you guys aren't expecting it? So make sure that you do something very simple that you hit the like, share, and subscribe button so that you can be made aware if I do. Don't forget to uh, to check out our second uh, channel here, the BCB Report. Junorette does have one final episode for you uh, coming out uh, today, uh, Saturday the 31st of December uh, 2022. And uh, folks, please join our community for free over at therealbcp.com. I've made all content for the last month freely available so you can check out our my content and decide if in 2023 you want to support journalism and 
my analysis and reporting on topics I'm not allowed to talk about or report uh, here on this platform. Uh, I do want to be on YouTube long term. First of all, it's the biggest funnel on the internet. None of you folks would go or even know or care about uh, my reporting on the other channel if you didn't know me from YouTube. So I plan on staying here. I don't like all of the rules, but I play by the rules. Just like a kid, I uh, wasn't always happy with uh, my parents' rules, but I played by them. Even when my parents' rules were wrong. And they often were not wrong. But this platform's rules are wrong because I value uh, free speech and not censorship. But this is their playground. And if I want to be on their playground, unfortunately, I got to play by their rules. But 8 to 12% of the time, I want to report on things. I can't do that here. So just please go and check out my other show. It's called BCP Unfiltered. You can catch it at bcpextras.com, therealbcp.com, or bcppodcast.com. If you like it, consider supporting me over there. Until the next one, whether that be this year or next, ciao, goodbye, God bless, and have a very, very happy new year. Thank you for watching Open Source News. Please like, share, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you don't miss a thing. Have a blessed day.